Devika, I want to touch on new antiretroviral drugs. I think one of the real exciting things in the area of HIV has been advances in long-acting and novel mechanisms of action to treat HIV infection. And one of the most exciting has been the uh, approval of a long-acting injectable, cabotegravir or alpivirine. And this is now entering its use in clinical practice. I want to talk about the fact that this is a tenofovir sparing regimen, and give me your thoughts on how you would use this in people with HIV and hep B co-infection. Yeah, thank you for this excellent question, Mark. And I I think it really highlights um, the importance of this discussion, particularly in low and medium income country settings where this is going to be rolled out, right? So this is a real concern, especially in hepatitis B endemic areas in which we require HBB active art, which is tenofovir or tenofovir alafenamide uh, plus FTC or 3TC. Um, And it really limits the uptake, I think, of these long-acting injectables for HIV, particularly uh, in persons living with HIV and hep B co-infection. So as a reminder, uh, hepatitis B co-infection occurs in anywhere from 6 to greater than 10% of individuals living with HIV, with a global average of about 7.5%. And importantly, as I think uh, most of our um, readers know, Inadvertent discontinuation of a tenofovir-containing regimen in persons living with HIV and hep B co-infection can really be dangerous, right, leading to HBV viremia, rebound HBV viremia, ALT flares, and in some very unfortunate cases, hepatic failure. And so it's not a trivial question to say, how do we implement a tenofovir-sparing regimen like this in those living with HIV and hepatitis B, when these are some of the consequences that we have to, uh, that we have to deal with? And so first, I'll start by saying that this is really both a huge research gap and an incredible opportunity for innovation. Designing a long-acting injectable that's active against both HIV and hepatitis Hepatitis B really would have implications, obviously, beyond HIV, uh, given the high burden of hepatitis B disease in low and medium income countries and everywhere. I mean, remember the burden of hepatitis B disease, you know, greater than 300 million individuals live with hepatitis B alone. And so having a strategy there that includes a long acting injectable would be incredibly important. I think the second issue I want to highlight here is the importance of screening for hepatitis B. Now, of course, these are in our guidelines here in the U.S., but it's just always a good reminder that in patients, particularly if you're going to be switching them to a tenofovir sparing regimen to do the hepatitis B screening. For the particular scenario that we're discussing here, so individuals with HIV and hep B co-infection who might want to consider a long-acting cabotegravir-ropivirine combination, I personally wouldn't do it, right? I mean, I it seems a little counterintuitive uh, to do injectable therapy for one disease, the HIV, while having to continue the oral therapy for hepatitis B. Because remember, discontinuing the oral therapy is going to lead to the rebound, and neither cabotegravir or ropivirine have anti-HPV activity. And I, in my practice, I really wouldn't advise it. The other issues, remember that in the studies in which uh, uh, the registrational studies in those individuals um, who received capitagravir ropivirine, 
there were hypersensitivity reactions that resulted in transaminase elevations, and there was also hepatotoxicity that occurred in about 2% of those receiving long-acting capitagravir and ropivirine. I'll also say that dosing in child C cirrhosis is not well understood, and regardless, I just wouldn't use it in this patient population. So, I mean, my personal feeling is that I wouldn't do it, um, but if, uh, if, however, there is an, uh, a desire to do it, um, what I would do is uh, I would use the oral lead-in period, uh, and we would maintain the tenofovir-containing regimen plus 3TC during that oral lead-in period, and then continue with the HPV active therapy orally while on the long-acting injectable. But again, I, I, it's, uh, it's not one of my practices. Well, thanks for that uh, great explanation of some of the issues. And I think the real important point here is that people with HIV and hepatitis B need to understand that we need to treat both infections. And unfortunately, uh, this particular regimen won't provide treatment for both. So, you know, I think it's an important discussion. I think a disappointment to some people, uh, some of our patients, because they would like to have the option. And to, I, I really like the point that you highlighted that there is work to develop uh, long-acting regimens that are active against both, and, and they need to wait for those. So thank you for that great explanation, and I think it really benefit our viewers and readers. Thank you.